0: Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. All right, adventurers, welcome back. I am your host, Tom or Robots, and I am here as usual with my wonderful companion. What kind of companions on this adventure, right? Yeah, adventure of life, Lotus of Doom. How's it going, buddy? Uh, It's going pretty well, going pretty well. Nice, nice. Yeah, so it's a, it's kind of a regular Thursday night around here, you know, just kind of doing the Thursday night thing, streaming live on twitch.tv slash robots radio, 10pm Eastern, 7pm Pacific, and we're back this week to talk about something that uh, Lotus and I were discussing, we think is a really cool topic, because I haven't covered it yet on the show, and it's probably going to have a lot to do with some of the stuff coming out soon in the new storyline expansion for The Elder Scrolls Online. And that specific topic is the Reach and the Reachmen, the people who live there. So Lotus, what do we know about
1: what do we know about the Reach? Where is the Reach? So the reach is to the western side of Skyrim, kind of bordering on going into the eastern side of High Rock. It's that that little region there. uh, That you know, it's almost like there's a map on the uh, video version. (laughs) It's amazing.
0: Yeah, I've been playing with the for for those of you listening to the audio version of this. I've been playing with um, the new NVIDIA broadcasting, and I'm actually have a map behind me in quotes uh, of Skyrim, and you can see up on the map that it is right there and it's highlighted in the map and it includes markarth which happens to be the title of the next expansion
1: yes which um to that note i would just like to say uh great improvement in my opinion on the naming uh where it's just <laughs> now the region name as opposed to dark storm i believe it was or what whatever it was prior to uh yeah. i i like the region name much much better and even though it's you know fit fits the theme, it's just like okay. I, I I prefer a little more variety. So the fact that we're just going to the Reach, I feel like is very fitting as well. Uh, yeah. to Skyrim and all of the stuff. I think it's a wise
0: choice to name the location. Like, had Greymore been called something like um, uh, what's the uh, the major city? Solitude.
1: Solitude. Yeah.
0: Had, had it been called Solitude or something like that, that may have been interesting it also may have played into the story in the events like there's certain elements of feeling alone and things you know you could could have played that into the story a little mm-hmm. bit um but yeah this this idea that we're going to markarth and everybody who's played skyrim has been to markarth we know what's going on in markarth at least in the fourth era but we don't necessarily know what's going on in markarth in the second era And spoilers, it has to do with Reachman, most likely, because that's the realm that we're in. This is the part of the world that we're in. And I love this. Lotus, we get these little bits of detail uh, of these. um, I don't know what to call them. You have kind of they're almost like nation states with like realms in them. You know, you got like Skyrim as a whole. You've got um, Cyrodiil as a whole. But then you have these other little zones within them.
1: Yeah, there's the you know, obviously there's the like province thing and then it's subdivided into the holds and, yeah, and each yeah. of the holds I, I feel is pretty unique um in in Skyrim and the region around it. Um the hold system they have is is pretty cool to be fair. I I like them and they get pretty diverse depending upon whether you're in the Rift or whether you're in Markarth or whether you're in Winterhold, because Even though the whole region is known for being cold and northern and stuff like that, the Rift has got the autumn feel to it. You know, um, Falkreath has kind of almost like the spring vibe to it. Uh, And then, you know, the further north you go, if you go to Windhelm or Winterhold, it's just like a barren snowfield and all of that. So. There's, yeah. there's some good variety even within the overarch. I feel like it's all of New England condensed into one zone. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I
0: guess you could say that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> overall, you can tell it's cold everywhere, but some of, some it, of it, it looks less cold in yeah, other places. Yeah. Yeah. So the Reach is interesting because it borders on uh, High Rock and that the other zones that kind of butt up against to the western side of of Skyrim. Mm -hmm. And there are peoples in this area who define themselves by their history, which most people do. But this group of people call themselves the Reachmen and they don't see themselves as being Nords and they don't see themselves as being um, Bretons. They they see themselves as a, se- a separate, distinct group of people. And yep. um, they're known as the Witchmen of High Rock. Uh, they're a tribal race of humans who inhabit the Reach in southwestern Skyrim. And also the western Reach in the east part of High Rock. The, Re- the Reach is actually a little bit more substantial than just the parts of Skyrim that we've been able to visit so far. Um, one of the side notes on this is that uh, I'm fully expecting that the map will include... Uh, Some of these areas in the ESO expansion we haven't seen it yet We don't know exactly how that's gonna work, but it it should fit right into the zones And I don't have the Elder Scrolls online map. I was looking for one to really show a representation of where it might be Um, But actually you know what I, I have this I'm gonna pull up one for people who are watching on stream and you can see in this one that uh, at the top here, this is representative of the the area that we were able to go to in Graymore, near Solitude. So, and this is actually inlaid over top of the Skyrim map. So it's kind of a mix of the two. They're not perf; they don't perfectly fit on top of each other. But if you look here in this lower section, I feel like a, a weathercaster.
1: I was about to say, I this feel like you're the talking yeah. about the coastal storm coming from Northern right. High Rock into the Reach. <laughs> Yeah, so this is the region over here down
0: below that area that we are most likely to going to be going into. Um, the other thing that's noteworthy about this is it leaves the complete middle area. There's like a middle column of Skyrim that is just completely unvisited in Elder Scrolls Online still.
1: Yes. So I... <laughs> who knows what they're going to do with that in the future? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how they're going to decide on doing something with that that is kind of strange that there's going to just be a a column's kind of a good way to put it it's just like Uh this swath of map right across the middle they're like yeah this is still undefined i guess which is strange with a graymore like very skyrim focused year involving graymore and we're going to end the skyrim season and it's still not going to be complete that's a little peculiar um although they fleshed out a lot of what's under skyrim which we did not really understand prior just yeah. how big uh blackreach really is and they they fleshed that out and made that very cool under the un- underneath Right. Well, one of the things that I've
0: heard a lot of people talk about is Whiterun and when they were talking about we're going back to Skyrim A lot of people were like, oh good We get to go see Whiterun again because of course everybody remembers Whiterun It's a very important hold in the story as you play through Skyrim Um, so it gives them opportunity to Are they gonna extend it into a second year? Are they going to come back a few years from now and go back to Skyrim again and flesh out these other zones? So we don't really know exactly yet what's going to happen with that but i i do like that we are getting the reach the reach as i noted on the previous episode was one of the areas that i was predicting was going to be coming into the events so let's go into some of the people and what they're like the the reachmen are very tribal and you guys will remember them from Skyrim, uh, the Briarhearts, the Hagravens, the um the the clothes that you get from the Reach. They have uh oftentimes they have uh, antlers and um deer heads and skins and furs and, and those kinds of things on their bodies. They use bones and and they seem very primitive. The um the other Groups in that region who have taken over that region over, over time, uh, whether they were the Imperials or the Nords, have often considered them a nuisance. They don't they, they they're very much against uh, siding with anybody who's not them, anyone who's other. So they even though they get conquered, they tend to still kind of keep to themselves and keep their culture going. Um, you have any other any other things you want to throw in there?
1: no they are i mean that so far you're that that's pretty much exactly my take on it they're almost like an elusive third faction in in this whole whenever there's a controversy going on between you know eastern skyrim and western skyrim or later on it's um the uh nords and the imperials they're never picking sides. it doesn't seem like they're always just yeah we're here we're the reachmen like it doesn't matter what you're issue is because we should trump both of your issues and just take over so yeah they're always just kind of like a floater wild card regardless of what dispute is currently going on usually over land and stuff like that
0: yeah yeah so uh, i'm going to quote some of the stuff in here um they're also known for their hedge magic they and and here's the thing is that they, they constantly are underestimated they are not unintelligent they are not incapable of things they are not without magical prowess um they originally evolved from the bretons they are you know of breton stock of course they've you know mingled with the nords and and of course all the complexity that comes with that so that means that they have uh at least some of them have a very high natural magical uh, prowess that's why they're considered the witchmen of high rock um Some Reachman mages are known to wield magic, which they can poison, use to poison, or corrupt nature. Uh, They're also said to have learned to control beast folk magic, a wild uh, hedge wizard, which is often described as primitive, or uh, hedge wizardry, which is described as primitive. And it's almost like it's described as primitive because it's more nature-focused, and it has to do with the beast folk who everybody looks down on. Um, Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's any less sophisticated. It's still powerful magic. It's just not focused on illusory magic or, you know, the things yeah. that
1: high elves would value. I guess it's just less organized. So people like, you know, it's like, oh, this isn't in, in a textbook. So I'm going to just downplay it as something that's that's, you know, not as refined, which sounds very sigil Order slash Ultmer style. So I, mean, I guess yeah. it just plays into that even more.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like if you don't put it in a bunch of books in a fancy library in a marble building, then it's not considered to be as good a style of magic right. as something else. Um, they're they're known for uh, being involved with, like, the weird covens. You go through uh, some of these zones in Elder Scrolls Online, and you have to deal with the weird covens and the weird trees and, and those kinds of things. Um, there's the... Uh, hag feather coven the rhyme rock weird and the markarth sisters uh they're known to have close relations with the reachmen and their magic so there's some yep. connections there to some of these uh, uh i guess what you consider more like um stylistically witchy coven type uh parts of their culture which
1: yeah uh, of to, course- to be fair the the warden class in eso fits very much into um, that whole vibe as well. Weird, by the way, being W-Y-R-D yes. as opposed to they're just weird because of where they right. are. So, yeah. Right. Um, yep. But yeah, that the the class that was added back with the uh, Morrowind expansion in Elder Scrolls Online brought in the uh, Warden class, which had enemies had had access to it in in the programming. It's just, it wasn't player focused. So... That was kind of interesting getting to get our hands on that class and have a form of nature magic to ourselves, uh, you know, on the player side of things as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nature magic is cool. It doesn't mean that it's not as as important or powerful. It's, right. It's, it's just, just different. It's just different. <laughs> yeah. Um, And in some ways, it's a little bit more uh, tied to. Uh, the formative nature of the world, like the earth bones and things like that. You know, there's, there's some connection there. Uh, another connection that they have is often to uh, the Daedra, which is another reason why some of the more formalized uh, societies probably think that they're wild and uncontrollable. Uh, many clans worship her scene. Um, that's probably the most likely of the Daedric Princes that you would find the Reachmen worshipping. On top of their warrior ranks, commonly uh, they, they commonly commune with Hircine, so that they may ritualistically replace their hearts with poisoned briars, allowing them to become atrocities known as Briar Hearts, which Lotus didn't talk a little bit about a little bit. Um, yeah,
1: those those uh, it's such a cool concept for an enemy. And in ESO, when you're in the Daggerfall Covenant, exploring some of. uh the reach threat that's kind of flooding throughout the region you're in stormhold you're in high rock you're in the areas on on, i guess more on the western side of the situation from where we were originally discussing in skyrim but the eastern side of you know high rock and everything like that you're getting a lot of their influence around the region and uh you actually get to see the formation of some of their Zombie type creatures and the Briarhearts, where they're just like essentially being grown as they're sacrificed. Their bodies are thrown there, and then the magic, are, what they're doing, is cast, and it, the vines are like basically forming into these former people and turning them into these creations and stuff like that. It, it's it's very cool. It's um. If, if you were to play ESO, it's along the Daggerfall Covenant main storyline. You encounter quite a bit of uh, reach magic and hedge magic of them spawning some of their creations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like that part of the the campaign. It's a lot of fun. Um yep the The other thing is that some of the new stuff that you play through in the most recent expansion has a lot of that similar kind of feel to the magic. The, yes, it um, does. The vines, the the earth connection mm-hmm. to things, but the corruption of the earth at the same time. Yeah. Um, that all of that is is still very connected to this, which uh, makes sense from a story standpoint. That we're going to dig into a little bit more of what's actually behind everything that's going on in in skyrim during these expansions
1: right because i mean one of the expansions is literally named after harrowstorm which harrowstorms are a form of hedge magic it seems because Mm -hmm. you know that in and of itself that's uh with the with the reliquary reliquaries which i actually happen to have one which we can use as a visual prop since we happen to be oh yeah uh yeah so i've got one of these which Um, for anybody not on the video, it is a, um, it's, it's like an urn or a jar, which you you can do like
0: Foley effects with it. You could probably like. Yeah, does the top
1: open well, up? Can you put it
0: in front of your mic? It, it does hold on. <laughs> <laughs> this is great.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <See>? <laughs> oh, the red magic stuff came out. There oh, it is. No. That's Run. IRL. That's, oh,
1: congratulations, That's are being turned into zombies and things. Yep. Oh no, you got to see the extent of my ability to RP right there. One yeah. whooshing sound effect. <laughs> I, um, so, like those things the dungeons you get to first find out about uh collecting them and then as you go into the expansion without you know just blatantly spoiling stuff because it's still somewhat relevant um the world events or the incursions that you have just popping up are those same reliquaries uh, being controlled by witches uh, like the witches coven and them trying to collect souls for the soul harvest which is again creepy sounding and uh yeah so it's more of their hedge magic so personally i i I love those i think they're super fun to play if you haven't actually tried them or played uh the grammar expansion of eso
0: yeah yeah uh that's in fact when you held that up it the urn looks really cool like there's a a little bit of like the game player in me that got a little nervous
1: <laughs> like, oh, that's one of those. So, ah, like, <laughs> so uh, on the flip side too, the actual prop that I have it weighs a comical amount for being like a resin thing. Like, <laughs> it looks it looks solid. Yeah. It yeah you 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 could you could probably take out an intruder with uh, uh with that that prop. <laughs> right so. your house and you like smash it over their head. Reach for the reliquary, you smash it on them, which immediately starts a harrow storm and everything goes downhill from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so So, um, yeah, if you guys haven't
0: played this stuff in ESO, I recommend going checking it out. Um, I love here's one of the reasons why I love it, Elder Scrolls Online. It it meets a lot of different needs. But when it comes from a lore perspective, I know there are people out there and we talk kind of about this a little bit in the last episode where they're like, oh, it's new stuff. It breaks the lore or whatever. They're just digging more and more into some of the details that we don't get to see in other games, and I I love that. I love being able to go, okay, who are these Reachmen? What are they doing? What's their motivation? What were they doing in the second era as opposed to the fourth era? Yeah, what it, you know, what is this Harrowstorm? How does the magic work? All of those things are very cool, and you dig into that stuff really really well in the games. Even if you just play through the quest lines, you get so much of that stuff even without reading the books. Um, it's just. I don't know. It's just so good, just from a lore perspective. Yeah. So, so um, this uh, just kind of to put this out there before we get deeper into this, there is a ton of stuff about the people in this region, about things that went on during the histories, about the Forsworn and who they evolved from, those kinds of things. And we're going to have to do a second episode in order to do this all justice. If we cram this all into one episode, we're not going to get. All the way through it, so uh, to kind of uh, finish up our discussion on this, since we're already up twenty something minutes into this, um <laughs> let's talk a little bit about their history. they um and I'm just going to read the uh, the passage here. let me pull it up the a uh, little bit about their early society and uh, longhouse emperors, and kind of just moving through time a little bit. I'll give you kind of a uh, a sense of of how this went. Um, following the collapse of the first empire of the Nords, the Western reach was retaken by the Aldmeri who slaughtered the majority of the Nord colonists. As a result, this is all the way back in like the first era, uh, the Nord, as a result, the Nord ancestry of the Reachmen is comparatively weak. Originally they came from, um, the Bretons. If, if, you remember, and in fact, they actually came from a very specific group, which we'll talk about on the next episode. Um, the proximity of Reachman settlements to Orcish villages meant that the Reachmen frequently traded goods and customs with their mountain neighbors, and it's partly from the Orcs that the Reachmen learned to use hedge magic. This is some of the origin of this for their for their culture. High King Olaf One Eye later reconquered the Reach for Skyrim at some point during his reign between the first era 420, hey, and 452. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, Good old Olaf One Eye also had another nickname. It was Olaf uh, Leaf Eater or something like that. Um, (laughs) Leaf Smoker. Uh, things went on. There are some other things to talk about during the first era. There's some information about the legend of Red Eagle. If you remember that in Skyrim, that was a uh, ancient tale from reach folklore that suggested that sometime during the Alessian empire, the reach was ruled by 10 Kings and that no men were free. Though, though men were free, the people were scattered and worked uh, ward amongst themselves. The legend also makes reference to the reachman's reverence of the ancient and venerable Hagravens. So these cultural bits go all the way back to the first era. They're very much ingrained in the people. Um, By the second era, we have uh, the Longhouse Emperors uh, section of the history. During the sixth century of the second era, the Reachmen seem to have grown particularly powerful, eventually leading to the foundation of a Reachmen dynasty in Cyrodiil known as the Longhouse Emperors. We'll touch on that a little bit more in the next episode. And then by the um, events of uh, Elder Scrolls Online, we have certain other events that happen in the games, which we can talk about more later. And um, all of this is to say that they, for the majority of their history, were downplayed. They were um, seen as adversaries with the empires, with the whether it's the uh, Cyrodiilians. <laughs> the Alessians or the Nordic emperors, the Nordic, uh, you know, whether it's Tiber Septim or whoever, they generally were g- considered adversaries and people to take their stuff and try to get rid of them because they're a nuisance. And we talked about that very early on in the episode um, during the fourth era. We have the Forsworn Uprising, which is what happens during Skyrim in the Fourth Era 174 during the Great War When the Empire did not have the resources available to maintain the Outer Provinces, remember the events of Skyrim They were dealing with the Thalmor and the, the other things that were going on, the um conflict in Skyrim between um The, uh, uh, who were the, uh, what were the guys called? The, um, the guys were wore the blue, um the
1: Imperials?
0: Stormcloaks? The, the Stormcloaks. Which side do you need? Yeah, Stormcloaks. Right,
1: yeah, right. Yeah. The
0: Stormcloaks were uprising against the Imperials, so they are being pulled in a lot of directions. So it makes sense that they didn't have the forces to kind of hold down the Reachmen anymore. Um, a group of Reachmen led by Ma- uh, Madanak, who would become their king, commenced what would later be known as the forsworn Uprising, gaining control of the Reach and creating an independent kingdom. According to... Iranianus, uh, a- Arianus. I don't know how to pronounce that one.
1: I'm not sure how you pronounce yeah. pronunciation of some of Arianus, these is Not my strong point. I think it's
0: Arianus Arius, <laughs> which is a great name. Um, <laughs> they administered the kingdom uh, relatively peacefully, with only a few of the harshest Nord landowners put to death. After two years, their experiment with independence seemed largely, largely successful, and the leaders of the Reachmen were beginning, to progre- uh, beginning the process of seeking recognition from the Empire. However, in the Fourth Era 176, desperate to retake the Reach and with no Imperial legions available due to the Great War, Hrofter enlisted the aid of a Nord militia led by none other than Ulfric Stormcloak. To retake the Reach by promising them free worship of Talos. If you've played Skyrim, you know who Ulfric is. He was the one who was trying to be the king, who you're in the cart with at the beginning, and he's he's gagged so he can't shout. Yep, that Ulfric. In that year, the Nord militia successfully drove the Reachmen from the city of Markarth, city of Markarth, and reclaimed the Reach the survivors of the Uprising fled into the wilds of the Reach and became known as the Forsworn. So when you are playing Skyrim and and you're coming up against the Forsworn and they are pissed off at everybody, this is why. Because they had established their own society. They were looking to be recognized by the Empire as a free independent group, a free independent region, and everything fell apart. And they were... They were sent out into the wilds, and so, like, and that was the thing. When I played through these games, I didn't have a sense of, like, this is the history underlying all of this. I was like, who are these crazy people who just live out in the wild, you know? I'm like, oh, okay, maybe they're they're pissed off at the Nords for some reason, and they're these crazy wild people, I guess. Right, but there's
1: actually, like, a lot of background to it, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um I'm going to go through the the next paragraph because this is interesting to you. Driven from Markarth, the Forsworn spread across the Reach, fortifying any defensible spot they could find. In the wilds the Forceworn function as a terrorist organization. That's how we get to know them, right? They are comprised of a series of cells usually led by hagraven matrons or undead briarhearts with their main tactics being caravan raids and attacking and outlying on outlying settlements the ongoing dispute between consternation for those reachmen who were not allied with the forsworn native landowners were frequently under duress by both the Nords and the forsworn each party thinking the individual was working for the other many reachmen also lamented that so many of their friends and loved ones were fighting and dying in service of a Long losses, so that's as far as we get in the history of the Reachmen, and they've managed to survive that whole time. They've managed to be oppressed that whole time and still maintain their cultural identity, which is really, really cool. So, did you have a, something else you wanted to talk about with the Briarhearts?
1: So, the Briarhearts to me are <laughs> one of my favorite—I don't know—creatures. I guess they're not even people at this point because they've been like so mutated and stuff. Uh, but one of my one of my favorite little—I don't know. Easter eggs, tricks, whatever you want to call it, is if you are ever playing The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, uh, one really neat thing that the game never really overtly tells you that you can do um, is if you were to sneak up on a Briarheart that is unaware of your uh, you know, existence at the moment, preferably be good at sneaking, which I'm usually not. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But you can pickpocket a Briarheart and remove their heart from their inventory, it's a considered an inventory item because it's also an alchemical ingredient uh, in Skyrim. And if you remove that heart, that's what's that that powers the reanimated husk i guess you'd call it of a briarheart and it will immediately kill the enemy regardless of what level it is and it does it completely silently he'll just slump over and that's <laughs> just they, glumps, and that. they
0: just blumps. yeah they
1: just, they just lump collapse. over and they're they're all done <laughs> yeah. it's ragdoll physics galore um which oh, i just great. thought was so cool because the same way that the dwemer stuff is always powered by soul gems and things like that it's kind of neat that these are programmed this like in a way that it's like oh well if you remove its life source or power source, it basically just powers down because that's how it would work. Since if you actually get a good look at them, they're sort of they're strapped in there with just leather straps. And it's like, it's still exposed. It's pretty nasty looking, but brighter are such a creepy and unique enemy. As far as I'm concerned uh, in the series and kind of, Uh, along the lines of what you said, I I was trying to browse the exact name of the book that it's in, but I can't find it off the top of my head. One of the overarching themes with um, all Forsworn was during the time of Skyrim, there was a lot of thought that they were just brigands and like thieves and like, oh, you know, they just rob people on the road. But the biggest issue, Factor that showed that that was not the case uh, was the fact that often when they would raid many times, they would leave the gold or supply like that clearly wasn't the focus, despite the fact that that was trying to be showed. It's like, no, no, you shouldn't trust these guys. They have no further agenda. They're all just, you know, whack job. They're crazy. They're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Where where it seemed like it very quickly, if you looked past the surface value of it, you would realize they weren't looking out for themselves because many times they would be willing to die rather than be captured, which is generally not what you're going to be doing. If all you're looking for is self gain and leaving behind the spoils of a raid doesn't really make a lot of sense if that's your end goal as well. So there was always hints that there was more to them. It's just, you had to kind of look for it, which I thought was an interesting twist uh, since Not only did the game do that in Skyrim specifically, but that's almost what it was like in game as well as like breaking the fourth wall and playing the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, they are really cool. Um, and, and, we're gonna get a little bit more into this I, I want to talk at the end of the episode once we get through the middle a little bit about mark Hearth. I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit about some of your memories of of playing in that region and in the city because I'm excited about that coming to um, Elder Scrolls online. Oh, yeah, um, but I and then I also place. I also want to uh, Reference some of the things people have said in chat, too So we're gonna get into this a little bit more. So stay tuned for that stuff Let's jump into the middle of the episode so we can get back to things in a little bit
1: are marked with numberless sparks, each a fire and every one a sign.
2: Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you.
0: Have you ever wanted to learn more about Geography without sitting through a snoozy old lecture? Geography Arcade is a weekly podcast all about your favorite video games and their geographic lessons, inspirations, and even some minor analysis. Some may say analysis. Boo! Well, we're going to learn and have fun while we talk about Pokemon, Elder Scrolls, and much more. Come join the adventure at Geography Arcade
1: on your favorite podcatcher and YouTube.
0: So, as usual, this show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash lorecast. And thank you to all of our patrons. We are quickly approaching the end of the month. Today is the 17th, which means that we have uh, one more episode before we have another patron end of the month call. So, if you are interested in joining uh, me and Lotus on the show and being able to chat with us about Elder Scrolls, then... Check out the Patreon because Tier 4 patrons get to join us for those episodes every month. Um, Also, thank you to all of our other patrons for your support of the show as well. You can get ad-free episodes and a whole bunch of other things. So go check that out. Also, our shows are brought to you by the sponsors of the shows on the Robots Radio Network. And get this, we have a new sponsor, Lotus um you you may have heard me talk about uh loot crate and green man Mm -hmm. gaming and gamefly and NordVPN. we've got deals for all of those check the links in the show notes but specifically we now have audiobooks.com as a sponsor which i am super excited about because i'm going to pull it up right now audiobooks.com they have tons of books i have i've been looking up different books and every time i look one up on here they have it um I'm specifically looking up Elder Scrolls. Yeah, I was going to say, is.
1: T- tell me they have um, yeah the Infernal, Infernal City, City and Lord of uh, Souls. Lord of Souls.
0: <laughs> One credit each. These are brilliant. I've listened to them. Uh, I've listened. I've, I've actually these versions of the books. I've I've listened to as you know audiobooks uh, while commuting. They're very well done. The voice acting yep. is awesome, and um, you can get these for free. All you have to do is just open up the show notes, click the link, and you will get three books in your first month for free. So well, you, you get <laughs> these two books and something else and it includes two VIP books. So even if these are VIP books according to their rankings, you still get them. You can get both of these books and just listen to them like right now. So go check that out. Super cool stuff. There's a bunch of other things as well um, you can get on here. Uh, one of the other things I would highly recommend is uh, the um, Ice and Fire, the Song of Ice and Fire series, um, Game of Thrones those, oh, those nice. things. the books I mean if you liked the series uh, not the last two seasons yeah the if you liked the show and you haven't read the books the books are are dense and listening to them as audiobooks is an amazing experience. Uh, Roy Del is the guy who does the voice acting for those books, and he's this old, gruff kind of, got mm. deep voice kind of guy, but he does different voices for the different characters. He is amazing. Like, his his voice is like butter in your ears, which sounds disgusting, but just imagine that your ears had taste buds. Nonsense. Oh, God. Ear butter, is, a
1: perfect selling
0: point. You really crushing. <laughs> it's getting it. worse as I go. <laughs> um, anyway, go, go check out the books. Click the link in the show notes. Go check out the books. Um, yep. I think I've listened to them.
1: both the... Uh, Watershells and um, Infernal City. Uh, Infernal City, thank you. On yep. the audiobooks, I originally I am not a huge reader. Like, just sit down and I'm going to read a novel or something like that. Um, but yeah, I I got the audio versions of both of those as well, and they yeah. are they're 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 pretty good stories. I especially if you already like this material, it's really good supplementary material. I don't think you're going to draw somebody into the series fresh. Right. Like, don't suggest right. this to somebody to try to get them into the series, but you if you already like the series. There's a lot to these books that honestly fits into many, many of the games that is overlooked or only nodded to. And except for the small portion of us who have actually read or listened to the books, you kind of miss it and they're pretty mm-hmm. integral to a lot of things so
0: oh there's there's connection between all sorts of different lore stuff oh, in yeah. these books and uh one of the characters one of the main characters is an argonian yep. and there's some really cool yeah um yeah th- th- his perspective the way he talks even the way the voice actor does his voice but his perspective his culture the way he interacts with other people uh his connection to um the trees the hist the oh, all hist. of that yeah stuff. his
1: discussion of him really becoming part of the hit. This is getting into quite a tangent on this, but yeah, these books are great. Cool I really stuff. enjoyed them. It's really cool um, stuff. Yeah. It, it's, it's very cool to have them try to do the perspective of that uh, as, as well. Uh, there's, there's some clavicus violin. There, there's just a lot of, a lot yeah. there in those books. Daedra,
0: uh, uh, the um the Daedric society. There's yep. a lot of living on Umbriel. Yeah, living on Umbriel and, and- yeah, yeah, what the Dramora are actually like and how they interact with each other in their own society. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff that you don't actually get in the games is in the books. So, anyway, go check that out. You guys can get some free books. You know where to look. And let's move on to the rest of the show.
1: Yes, yes, you're entirely brilliant. Conquering Madness and all that. Blah, 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 blah
0: so uh, that was a fun little excursion there um, yeah let's <laughs> let's talk about Markarth I want to uh, actually before we get into Markarth um, I want to reference a little bit about what some people said in the chat here fragile shark says and it makes sense that the Thal- Thalmor Empire would want to keep the Reachmen under control if it can cause Skyrim to expand re- expend resources on the problem which makes Very sense much. the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of concept like yes if we can incite into from underneath the nords then that works out for us that kind of Which,
1: thing exactly and, and thalmor are known for slow playing everyone yes. against each other and biding <laughs> their time and it's uh-huh. like as is they were already kind of nudging to be fair i, I mean depending upon how you want to view the situation um Nudging Ulfric Stormcloak along because of his kind of bruised ego f- from his previous failures, which we won't get too into. As like, oh well, you know, hey, you know, the S- Skyrim's you know, you you've been shunned in all of this, and it, it it comes across very straightforward that it's like, well, the Thalmor don't like Talos. Which, okay, that's true, but at the same time, if they can also so equal seeds with okay this needs to be imperial law but then at the same time nudging Ulfric forward we're like yeah you're not going to stand for this are you right <laughs> well na- right. now these two are fighting each other and they don't need to waste resources on the situation factor no. in the elusive wild card that we brought up earlier of the reachman and the force one it's like okay well now you have three groups i mean they're pretty indifferent it seems like to to um The Reachmen themselves, they don't necessarily have an agenda overtly against them, but it's like, okay, well, if we push you into the equation, now there are two sides we don't want to deal with. And one side we're indifferent to all fighting amongst themselves while we consolidate our power. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now that's uh, it's like it's like playing battlegrounds and you realize that the two other factions (laughs) are duking it off in the middle and you're like, well, I'm just going to sneak around the edges and take all the stuff that I want while they are busy fighting each other. You know, it, it, it just makes sense. It's you know, if you can create a third faction that even if they are obviously underpowered you know the reachmen were never going to take down the the nords you know they they just weren't they they didn't have the strength to do it but they could be a really good distraction yep and and a problem and create fear among the nords in that area to to be worrying about this while they're not paying attention to the other things that are going on So it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have any other questions while we while we're finishing up this episode, feel free to put them in chat. I would love to see your questions or just some of your comments, some of your thoughts on some of this stuff. Um, Now, to wrap this episode up, this region is specifically known for Markarth. That's basically the capital city of the region. And there's a lot going on in Markarth. Uh, As a reminder, Markarth was the city that was built on top of the Dwemer ruins um directly there in the city like the city itself is dwemer ruins with nordic buildings just kind of built into it yes and it's it's really cool it's a
1: very vertical city as well Mm -hmm. kind of built around like like you said it's the nordic ruins built into the dwemer ruins and the walls but the way that the whole city is constructed around the waterfalls makes it really unique too
0: yeah yeah. So do you have any like specific memories of dealing with Reachman other than the Briarheart stuff? Yeah, the Briarheart stuff I love.
1: Um, so Markarth is, to be fair, that's probably my absolute favorite of the cities. <laughs> I, wow. I Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I like a lot of them. Uh, they're all kind of memorable in their own way. But Markarth is just very, very unique in its in its construction and it's i don't know it it's oddly creepy because of just some of the stuff you deal with in skyrim as well the giant Mm. crypts where you get uh you can get yourself involved with the namira's uh quest line and i mean i guess it's not a huge deal if we spoil some stuff from a game from 2011 and 2020 uh (laughs) right nine-year-old game <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i feel like you ha- if you haven't played this quest line yet the you really kind of out of the realm of safety um what um what is there though is uh you you get this whole cannibal cult thing involved with the new york thing and uh one of one of the quotes that i just always find very funny is the meat vendor out front who is part of this conspiracy uh-huh. is uh <laughs> I just love that he's always saying the bloodiest cuts of meat in the reach. And I'm just like, "Oh, that is oh, not a selling point, dude. Oh, like, what are you no, doing? No. <laughs> and yes, the Mace of Molech ball quest is also in Markarth. That is correct. Freshly is it? Dark. I couldn't, yep. I couldn't recall. There, uh, I saw too. the comment.
0: I was like, where, where was that? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, is it, isn't the, um, the haunted building in Markarth?
1: that is that is the that's part that of the leg. beginning yes, of the mace yes that is yes. The, okay yes yep. yeah yeah that's the place
0: yes oh man that was great i remember coming across that the first time and being like wait a minute this something's something's wrong here i <laughs> just like
1: yep there's something going yeah, on Yeah, that's where you have to bring in the uh you have to find yourself a priest <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah 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 man man Skyrim's such a good game. So here's my other question to kind of follow up on this stuff. Because we all have such uh, memories of this of this area, what do you think it's going to be like two eras earlier? What things are going to be the same? What do you think is going to be different? And do you think we're going to actually get to explore some of the the same parts, bits and pieces of the city, even like under, underneath the city, you know, like the, the dungeony parts of it? I, I like, what would do you hope
1: think? that the... Um that the city itself and some of the surrounding wildlands will, will be there. The biggest question I have, because it's, it's a decent sized region and this is a zone DLC. It's not a chapter expansion, so it doesn't need to be nearly as immense as uh, the full chapter. It's an addition. Um, so you'll get the overland, you'll get the city itself, um, with how big they've made it apparent that Blackreach is, I'm very curious if it will have any more of Blackreach underneath. Because yes. Yes. the Dwemer ruins where uh, Calselmo has his uh, excavation, I guess you'd call it, going mm-hmm. on during the time of Skyrim, that is more Dwemer ruins, which coincide with Blackreach. So you you might end up finding another entrance down to Blackreach with some type of something involved with that since it's such an integral part of the story.
0: Do you think that's going to be the main... Uh, Markarth itself and the uh, the Dwemer ruins and then maybe Blackreach, do you think that's going to be the main, I don't know, dungeon of the map? you think that's where we're going to descend into in order to continue the story? I'm line?
1: curious if... um Sometimes we get an arena is what it's called, which is like a challenge section with mm-hmm. the... um uh i can't think of the word that i literally just said the zone dlc yeah, um, zone DLC, yeah. so uh, it seems like there's potential that if they did want to do an arena they could do something like that below the city but i'm curious how far out into the surrounding wildlands we're going to get as well is it just Markarth, or how much or is it going to go throughout the reach is is my real question i'll be very curious to see and i believe it's two days from today i believe it's the 19th so yeah time this is up
0: for everybody um yeah, this will be so out, there you go. Uh, tomorrow for patrons and then the day after that um so tomorrow being friday the day after being saturday yeah, uh, for everyone else <laughs> um yeah cool um also if you guys want to check out the um the actual video version of this when I've been trying to incorporate more pictures like the map behind me and answer some of the questions in the feed and those kinds of things. If you want to check out the video version of this, it will be up on YouTube um, at the robots radio YouTube channel, which is in the the links underneath the show notes. So cool. Any other last thoughts uh, Lotus before we move on?
1: No, I think that pretty, pretty much a a solid foundation and overview of, of the reach and its inhabitants, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah, next,
0: next time on the next episode, we're actually going to get into uh, some of the, the Reachman clans, um, their connection to Dami House, the Minotaur who shows up in Elder Scrolls Online yep. and uh, the Keptu, which may be a word or a name of a group of people that you are not familiar with. This is actually um, some of the older parts of the connection of the Reachmen to their history. So uh, we kind of covered an overview and then also a lot of the stuff that happened that we know about in the fourth era. But we're going to go all the way back to the beginning again and dig a little bit deeper. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Thank you for joining me again, Lotus. This has been super fun. Do you play. guys have any you have anything uh, cool cool going on? You have any uh streams happening lately where you're raising more money for charity or anything? Um
1: different? so we will have an exact schedule but it's looking like uh in the uh, the Situation for my Extra Life marathon that I'm involved with, I believe our tentative date will be October 17th. I'll have an official announcement definitely by next show. We're just kind of ironing out the details as to yeah. how long uh, we're going to be able to marathon this year. Last year, we did 38 hours, I believe it was, between me and Ark. Um, so yeah, I-, I remember this. Yes, <laughs> yes
0: I jumped in. Wait, 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 wait. No, I jumped in when you were, you were forced to play uh first person. Of oh you. dear Lord. Yes. yes. I had the That's first I, person yes. Imperial
1: city. And then oh when God. I, when I went in the other room, uh, to, to grab a drink or something like that uh my <laughs> yes. wonderful friends decided to take off my real gear and attach a uh, white gear that was worth more money and gave me no bonus stats and then i had to fight the uh simulacrum in the imperial city sewers <laughs> oh which my god I was- I thought I was just very bad from being so sleep deprived until <laughs> afterwards I realized it was like, where is all my gear? <laughs> um, yes, I remember this. And you were like, you had to play first person
0: wow, perspective. My, yes. And you were so like, oh, making, my God, this is making me sick. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yes. I, I, God, I like to question
1: first person. But man, when everything CC throwing you around, it is it is rough on the equilibrium.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Totally. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. Is Tails doing anything cool? Um, if you guys listen to this show and you don't know about Tales of Tamriel, I don't know what to tell you. They've
1: been around a lot longer than the show. <laughs> Go check them out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, But no, Tails I was going to say we've been doing our normal thing. And like I said, we'll have uh, fine details uh, by next show on the exacts of what we'll be doing for the charity event, which uh, all goes to for anybody that doesn't know what Extra Life is. It helps uh, support. Families in need and children who cannot afford to get the medical medical care that they require. So it covers the costs of that to make sure that they are provided the care they need and no one gets a- ends up getting turned away, which is a very, very awesome cause that I've been proud to be part of helping for the past eight years at this point. So
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. That's, that's really, really cool. Um, Ishi Streams notes here, there's a cool thing happening tomorrow with the other Two Tales hosts. Um,
1: yes also that's a very good point uh so our uh patreons over at tails um for the champion tier get to make requests and uh uh tomorrow one of the requests is arcanir one of the other hosts will be tanking on north america he is from turkey so that is um not (laughs) great for his connection right and uh the request is kinara uh the patreon in question is subjecting them to veteran moon Hunter keep uh i believe hard mode on the north american server which is going to be quite an experience in the struggle bus realm uh-huh.
0: so, is a uh, hyper pixie playing too or the yes yeah, she is I, I assume yeah. she'll be
1: healing would be, since that's yeah. her main role Uh um, right. yeah but it, it should be interesting to be sure
0: that's awesome. That's awesome. I'll, yeah, tune in for that, too, if you guys uh, are listening to this before that happens. Um, cool. Awesome, man. Uh, let's see. Do we have anything else going on? I've still been streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash robotsradio. Uh, I've been playing more Fallout than I have Elder Scrolls Online, but I definitely need to jump back to Elder, Elder Scrolls Online. There still are some um, quests that I haven't finished in the Graymore expansion, some of the side quests. Yeah. Um, I I was putting out gameplay episodes where you guys could follow through my role-playing adventures. I'm sure some of you guys have been listening to them. In fact, I have the data in order to see that you've been listening to them. Um, I, I know a lot of you guys enjoy them. In fact, some people have written me saying, like, where are they? Where are the new ones? I ran out of content, and I just ran out of quests, and I need to go just do more. I need to make more. <laughs> so. Sorry, Uh, other things have come up and playing through the quest lines hasn't been the main priority, Um, but I hope to do that again soon. Um, I might just have to stock a bunch of those. I do have kind of this internal want to go through all of the quests and document all of them through role playing as Sir Robots uh, throughout the entire game. But of course, that would take a very long time. So and there's lots of other games coming out and things. So my attention keeps getting thrown from one place to another. But hopefully I can get back into that. And if you if you are interested in in that content and it isn't being put out in audio version yet, I'd love for you to just come hang out in the in the stream cuz you might catch me doing some of it before it turns into audio content later um so you're welcome to do that as well uh and just like lotus all of the all of my stream support is going to charity right now uh, up until the election everything that i raise on twitch is going to support represent.us which fights corruption in the government which benefits everybody except for the people being corrupt but screw those guys
1: nobody cares. yeah nobody cares about them
0: <laughs> yeah no th- yeah. Th- those people can go you know i yeah. don't know
1: if you're already corrupt, nobody cares. <laughs> like, yeah, if, you don't care. If count. you are corrupt in
0: our government, then just get the freaking get yeah. out of the government. Like, we want our government back. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's what's going on. Uh, thank you for tuning in as usual, everybody. It's good to see you guys here in chat. And thank you for listening. And until next time, I don't know, don't, don't cut your chest open and put a alternate heart in there because somebody might pickpocket it and then you'll just slump over and die. That's my advice to you. All right, everybody. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks or Zenimax Studios, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESOLorecast. If you'd like to help support the show, check out the rewards you can get at patreon.com slash elderscrollslorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. And thanks to our patrons for support, especially our Tier 5 patrons, including Noodle Aldente.
3: Listening to the
2: Robots Radio
3: Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.
1: It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild.
3: This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on.
1: And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. There's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast,
0: Fallout Story, is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting
1: sources.
3: Hey, all you wannabe raiders out there, it's your bestest girl, Rose, coming at you up from top of the world. Now it's time for your local traffic and weather. Welp, looks like almost everyone's still dead, so traffic is at a standstill! <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor, cause they're totally not bribing me with massive amounts of chems or anything. Seems as the stuffed shirts are back at the White Springs playing games with that total loser, Modus. But hey, if that's your thing, whatever! So if all you squares wanting to hear more, totally, sort of, but maybe not boring stories about rebuilding Appalachia and being all goody-two-shoes, definitely not raiders, check out this thing they call a podcast, The Modus Files, whatever that's supposed to be, on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever else you listen to those things. Double ugh, They are not paying me enough for this. Till later. This is Rose. Raiders rule!